0: In ancient and fifth century Athens, women were sometimes seen, definitely not heard. They were really, really sort of low down in the pecking order. So it's really strange then when we go to pieces of theatre created at this time and see so many strong women being portrayed on stage.
1: These plays were uh, written by men, entirely performed by men, and the audiences were all men and they were being performed to, uh, in a society and in a social hierarchy that treated women as an underclass. And yet, the subject matter is these stories of women of incredible power um, in Antigone or Electra or Medea, these women with huge personalities, great strength, great intelligence, great emotional intelligence fighting back against the patriarchy.
0: Actually in Greek theater, it is extraordinary how many powerful women there are in that there's powerful goddesses, there's, you know, Clytemnestra, there's all these amazing women. So while uh, society in ancient Athens was, was pretty misogynistic, definitely in, you know, deeply patriarchal, but uh, also we have some fantastic examples of sources, other sources around the time, talking about uh, how annoying women are. There's a, a fragment from a different tragedy that says it's better to bury a woman than to marry her. So set in that kind of context, it does seem very strange that we have all of these wonderful female characters on stage. But I think to do the uh, to do the Athenians some justice, they did recognise how important women were, and even though women didn't necessarily have a political voice and they wouldn't necessarily be allowed out of the house that much, um, they would have been recognised as performing two in particular key roles for the city. First of all they created children. Secondly, women often were really, really important for the running of the city's religious festivals. And in tragedy, we see that tension, that tension between recognizing women are important and needing to control and subdue women worked out. So we get a character like Medea. She is manifestly intelligent, fantastically loyal. She has done everything that a wife should do. She produced two sons and yet she's been cast off, put to one side. And this is something that Athenians would have been aware of and might have wanted to say, okay, so here's the situation, what might happen? How can we talk about this problem? Because we can't talk about it in real life, we have to talk about it in the theatre, in this safe sort of space. Similarly in the Antigone, you have Um, a woman who is doing exactly what women should be doing. She's making sure that the body of her brother is correctly buried. That is a religious imperative and something that women in particular were responsible for. And the fact that she, she is trying to do this duty and she's being thwarted in that by the most important man in the city is a really, really difficult question. How do you reconcile that? So they try and work out these tensions by putting them on stage.
1: The writers were great writers and they recognised that it's in the marginalised voices, the oppressed voices, the uh, people who are trying to strike back against power, that the best stories can come and that the most emotionally affecting stories can come. And I think, you know, uh, Sophocles, Aeschylus and Euripides were were brilliant in the way they, they, they perceived that. And as I say, not in a society where those stories were by any means at the forefront of people's consciousnesses, but to find those stories and take them and force them into the front of the drama.
0: So another play that features a lot of very, very strong, intelligent women is Women of Troy. And again, for us, we want to think about how they talk about issues of the treatment of women in war, about how women deal with the loss of their children, of their husbands. But it's possible to argue that in the first performance of this play, being a woman wasn't wasn't the issue. It was actually about um, people who were kind of on the margins of society, people who didn't have a voice in government. And for the Athenians, unless you were uh, white and over 30 and probably had a certain amount of money, you didn't have a voice in the way things were run. So if you take the women in that play as just representative for those who who don't have a voice, then uh, it works just as well.
1: We are fascinated in the other. And if there is a symbol of other, it is Medea. Nobody
0: understands how somebody can kill their own children. And Euripides is incredibly specific. The thing that's amazing about the part for me is to play a woman who is angry and who is passionate and is unapologetically in that state. Now that's a difficult thing to watch and it's not a very nice thing to watch and it is interesting when you come off stage, people are like, I didn't really like you.
1: It might be the female characters who do the most extreme deeds in the end, but it's also the female characters whom we most understand and whom we most feel the pain of, I think. And that's what, that's what I think the the best of this writing does is it is it allows us to understand how somebody would get to the point of killing their children or killing their husband or killing their mother um and it it's because the suffering and the predicament and the pressure that builds on those characters is so articulated
0: i think what we have in greek tragedy is a lot of awesome women and i and i use that word Deliberately. They're awesome in the sense that they are fantastic characters, but they are also inspiring awe in what they do, how they act. That they are perhaps driven to do things that we would rather not do, I think speaks more to the society at the time. And again, speaks to these perhaps male fears about what they are doing by suppressing women in the way that they did in society.